Hey everybody, this is Chris Decker for another episode of the Recovery Lifestyle Podcast. Last week, we talked about how to deal with difficult people, and we really just brought an issue to the table. John and I hashed it out, and thank you all that have given us the feedback on that episode. We were just raw, we shared it exactly like it was, and we're so grateful for that. Today, we have a very, very special guest. We have Pastor Jeff Hamilton of Hills Church, where our group actually meets every Monday night at 6.30 to 8.30. But first, John Rizzi, my co-host, has a couple words. Hey, Chris uh, and Jeff. I'm super excited about this episode and just to be able to spend time with Jeff. Every time that we get together with him, I I learn something uh, and, and I really appreciate this. And the thing about Jeff is he's opened up his church to us you know, think about we've been meeting there for a little over a year and a half. So this was in the heart of COVID when other locations were shutting down. Um, Jeff recognized the fact that, you know, isolation and closure was a recipe for disaster for addicts uh, and opened up his church. And we've been meeting there since. And, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And we're going to let Jeff talk a little bit about why he did that and, and about himself as we roll into this conversation. Well, thank you, Christopher. Thank you, John. Uh, I was a little concerned with the way that Christopher started talking about how last week we brought uh, up some really difficult <laughs> yeah. issues, and, and now today we now we decided exactly <laughs> the right. most difficult now we person. decided to bring a difficult person. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it is a you know again we uh, the the church. I think the church as an institution, the church is us, right? Um, in serving one another, are supposed to find ways to be able to do that. And our, my allowing us to meet was not any kind of political statement or any type of response. In fact, we asked to be very cautious um, uh, uh, and concerning for one another, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, one of the things that's been a challenge for me as a as a local church pastor in the politicization of... Uh, of what we're facing in this still a global, global pandemic. I mean, I'm coming up on the one year anniversary of losing my right hand man mm. uh, to to COVID. Um, last Christmas, I was down with COVID, so it's not that we didn't take it serious. But what we say is, there's all different kinds of levels of health that we need to support. There's all different types of of uh, things that need to be contagious, right? And while we didn't want people to become physically ill, we also know the challenges and that we face with people and their mental health and their emotional health through this whole season. And so, man, not only was it fun for me to create a place for you guys to, to meet, but I've been the pastor at Hills Church since 2008 and probably about 2010, I started praying intently that the Lord would bring to us um, an opportunity to partner with a ministry that would help people break the destructive cycles in their lives. And uh, for any of you who been praying for something for a long time, well, I mean, it took us 10 years uh, to be able to see this thing um, come to pass. And uh, I'm excited about uh, getting to be a supporter um, of not only the the ministry, but what God is doing in y'all's life, along with your co-leader, James Kelly, member at my church. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to be there and looking forward to ways that this is going to continue to impact, um, impact more people. I, I can't tell you how much I, I remember when we introduced the concept of doing CR at one of your men's breakfasts and you talked about how basically what we were doing was an answer to prayer that just overwhelmed me. Uh, because uh, you know, I don't often think of the things that I'm doing as an answer to somebody's prayer, and and to to have that spoken into my life was just so motivating and encouraging, and it's just it it fills me with so much fuel to want to make this better. So I rep- I, re- I really appreciate that too. To tell us yeah. a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, I've been married um, 29 years. Just uh, celebrated that nice. at wow. the beginning of November. Oh wow! Have a 25 uh, year old uh, son who just got engaged. Um, mm. So we're going to get to have a new member to our family coming up here in the uh, spring. Um, and I have a 22 year old daughter living uh, at home. She was one of those poor kids that uh, had a COVID. Uh, COVID college graduation and actually the next year just went down from her. Um, um, if I can just kind of segue real quick, she had a, uh, a brain tumor that was oh. discovered um, uh, in September. And last year, just through the grace of God, it was found and diagnosed. And uh, maybe that's another story for another time. But today, a year later, she is healthy and doing great. And Looking forward to getting on with the rest of her life. She was a music major and a philosophy major, so you can tell she's just inundated with job opportunities, <laughs> uh, right? Um, but she is uh, she's a great artist, a great mm. uh, a great daughter. Been at Hills Church um, for, like I said, since two thousand eight. We actually, um, it's kind of. Like, you know how like iOS systems get like updated, right? Yeah. So yeah. like we're on like version like 14.2 of this church that my wife and I uh, mm-hmm. had the privilege of uh, launching in 2000 when we returned home to California. Wow. Yeah. And so um, and since then, I just feel myself uh, with a lot of opportunities now that my kids are grown and out. Um, I, I coach uh, high-level high school athletics um, as of this recording today, my uh, basketball team is ranked number five in Orange County. One wow. of my players is the athlete of the week nice. for Orange County Register and for um, SoCal Prep Sports. So it's kind of a fun uh, season for that. I coach uh, baseball and uh, football as well at Capistrano Valley Christian School in San Juan Capistrano. And I have my own thing that I'm really passionate about is called Dad Academy. Um, it uh you know, 40% of people uh, have grown up without a dad mm. in their home. And so uh, it's like the it's the one thing that you're going to be for the rest of your life, but nobody gives you any training or any yeah, kind of, totally. it's all like on the job, right? Yeah. And uh, so how do we help dads fulfill? I mean, what a, what a privilege it is to be entrusted by God, to partner with him in the development and the raising of an entirely human being an expression of his love who has its own purpose and destiny and uh, but man dads we just i i, I see dads just struggle mm. and oh. uh, oh, yeah. uh especially with some of the things that we're talking about today and um and so you know a lot of guys they just kind of wish that they had something to 
let them know the bigger picture. And so Dad Academy um, helps dads essentially write a write a business plan for being a dad. And we think that men are most successful when they know what's expected and they have a plan to accomplish it. And uh, Dad Academy uh, helps dads be able to do that. And that's at uh, dadacademy.info. Plan, plan the work and work the plan. Man, without a doubt. that That's kind of the theme of a man's life, unfortunately. And yeah. um, for all of us who uh, are listening, who are of the the the, the male uh, chromosomes, it's a, uh, it's a it's a reality that we can't get away from, especially because so many people are dependent upon us just being faithful. Yeah. Well, and, and it, it seems like to me like there's a lot of parallels between being a pastor and being a coach. And so you're, you're same thing. Right? It's, it's yeah. exact same. Yeah. It's exact same thing. So you make speeches that nobody wants to hear and <laughs> you give people advice that they ignore. And then, uh, you know, you clean up the towels in the locker room when they're done. <laughs> but really it's a, it's, it's about motivation and encouragement in the, in the end, really. Right. It's, yeah. It's really about and encouragement teaching. and drawing out of them. What's already in them yeah. using, um, discipline and repetition. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, so just we have we do have a two topics we would like to hit today. And you brought up a good point PJ off air, which was let's take a look at the word sober in the Bible. What does that mean? You know, in recovery yeah. we're looking at the word sober quite often. Mm-hmm. And you brought up another area which was neurotheology, which is religion and the brain combined. And I just want to tip my hat to you as it pertains to Dad Academy. And some of you who've been listening to the show know, you know, when I was five or six, saw my dad get arrested. He was doing stupid stuff and proceeded to stay in prison for the majority of my life. And so, you know, I I know there's a lot of um, other dads out there that don't really have that experience or that roadmap. Um, And I know. I know you've said it before, but I think this is the first time I listened, so I might be a good candidate for Dad Academy. <laughs> well, especially since you know you're a relatively new dad too, and and I, I look at I want to do it right. Amen, man. I mean, you know, uh, my kids are the same age, roughly as PJ's, and uh, you know, the ship is mostly sailed for me now. Obviously, I'm always yeah. going to be their dad, but the dynamics have changed so much that you know, my influence is a lot less. You've got the opportunity, and I encourage you to seize it to to really break the chain. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I fear for my kids having seen a lot of disrespect towards my wife, um, a lot of neglect. You know, focus on work, focus on stuff that I want to do, uh, and they learn to be pretty selfish, and so they're going to struggle. Um, until they break that. And hopefully, you know, I started recovery when they were teenagers. So hopefully there's a little bit of groundwork laid there that, right. that, that we can build on together. One thing that I've always committed to, at least internally and, and with my wife, is like, we're going to be available for our kids to talk about whatever yeah. hard stuff yeah. needs to be discussed. Yeah, that, That's never been the case for me. With my parents, as many times as I've tried, I think I've talked about it in here. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I want to have these conversations with my parents, and my parents aren't equipped to have them. Um, but I'm equipped, and I hope that I'm approachable 
Uh, and, you know, you have the opportunity to hopefully, I mean, you know, there's going to be damage, but be, like, but, no be but be sober. Yeah, like yeah. I got into this program prior to having a child and I had, and, 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 and was, was sober leading up to that. And, and I wouldn't trade that for anything, John, because I know my son will never see me drunk. Yeah. He'll never see me under the influence, but also sober in a more holistic aspect that, I think PJ is going to talk about. Well, when we when we go back to this, um, you know, we talk about this idea of sobriety, and and we've often I, I say it uh, off uh, off the cuff a little bit because I'm so grateful for the celebrate recovery movement, mm -hmm. right? I like I love the system. I love what they offer. Um, what I don't like is the is the word recovery and sober and addiction yeah. because it, ha it carries with it all of this baggage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I talk about, you guys have heard me say this all the time, all addiction starts with this primary thing. I'm most addicted to me, yeah. mm -hmm. to my way, to how I am, to whatever makes me feel good, whatever affirms me, whatever gets my way, whatever... Right. And so hmm. the the process of following Jesus is this repenting, right? Mm -hmm. This turning. And in most cases, even when we're turning, we're learning new patterns and new behaviors of uh, of not just substitutes, but whole new patterns and ways of life through the recovery lifestyle. What we're really doing is we're getting really good at repenting. Mm -hmm. We're turning from me and turning to him, yeah. right? And as we, even you go back to the original 12 steps, this whole higher power thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know that every listener comes from the same faith tradition that we might, right. but we will tell you that the creator and the designer of your existence probably has a plan and a dream for your life that oftentimes I just get sidetracked mm -hmm. by my own um, issues, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I think that recovery ministry, uh, the way that recovery works is you just get really good at repenting. You just mm -hmm. get really good at at turning, right? And the more that we... and So it's not just people who have issues with alcohol or drugs or pornography. Right. Um, I mean... I got a bunch of men that should be in recovery for success. Yeah. 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 Right? For whatever are these other issues, these ways in which we try to validate and make sense and bring value to our own life because we really don't believe we have it based off of our life experiences, right? You grew up watching your dad go to prison or whatever, mm -hmm. led John and I down these paths of this kind of selfish uh, indulgence to somehow escape what we're facing so that we could uh, not have to deal with it at the moment. So this repenting um, and learning how to live outside of the shame that curses our life mm -hmm. all the time and step into honor. Um, honor really has to do not with importance, but it has to do with value. And so... How do we find the value in our life? And what I see in CR, what I find in what you guys are doing is 
again, just like we do with dads, I try to give them a plan so that they can feel successful. Well, CR helps to give us a plan so that we don't fall back into these default behaviors. Right. And it brings, it begins to expose the value that God's placed inside each one of us. And through these relationships, through this community, you begin to value other people and become a tool of healing in these other people's lives as well. Amen. Totally. And, and you know, you're talking about practicing repentance. And, and for us, that's going to meetings. That's, that's what that helps me get better at being quick to repent is because, you know, I'm in a 12 step and then I do another one and then I do another one. And every week we're sitting there going through these questions that make us look at what we're doing. And I hear other guys sharing what, what's, what they're struggling with. And I go, Oh yeah, me too. And so this is, you know, top of mind for us. And because it's top of mind, we're going to be better at go at recognizing it and saying, uh, I, I, I need to turn. I need to turn towards my recovery work. I need to turn towards my recovery brothers. I need to turn towards the Bible. And, and so... Right? It's like, it's like what we've talked about. Yeah. Uh, you know, in recovery, it's about, you know, spending time in the scripture. It's about going to meetings and it's about being a part of a local community. At Hills Church, we, that's really our approach to uh, the Christian life. Yeah. Well, we call it one times one times one equals one. And the ones are once a week meeting with a part of the family of God he's assigned you to, uh, one group of people that you're doing life with that you can be authentic with, mm-hmm. and one once a day meeting with Jesus in the word and in prayer. And these things produce wholeness, right? The The number one really talks about, you know, an integer is meaning something that is whole, something that is complete. And when we say that somebody has integrity in their life, we tend to think of it as a character issue, right? I do mm. what I say. And and, yeah. and that's one of the challenges. That's one of the conflicts, mm. right, with recovery is we don't feel like there's a lot of integrity because we spend so much time hiding or making excuses. But integrity if we say a building has integrity, what does yeah. that mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not right? going to fall down. <laughs> yeah, it's strong, and it's strong because it is tied in, Yeah, right? It's tied in together. And so when Foundation. I say that I want Christopher's life to have integrity, there's a strength that happens when our life is tied together in these things that are supposed to provide the support and the structure Mm-hmm. for us to have a, a strong life. Yeah. On. That's why Jesus talks about building your house on rock, not on sand, right? That's why the three little pigs built houses <laughs> out of a brick and yeah. not out of straw. So I want our life, I want the people I serve to, I want their life to have integrity, to have some strength and to have some wholeness. The, the best word is integration. And just like repentance should be integrated into our life, mm-hmm. right? Church participation, because really, to tell you the truth, the reason why I think that we should go to church is because nobody wants to do anything at 10 o'clock on Sundays. <laughs> I want to sleep, right? <laughs> During COVID, I started to learn, enjoy Sunday morning hikes and brunch, right? Because I didn't have to be at church. But it's the, one, the reason why I think we go to church is because it reminds you, life's not about me. Yeah. Mm. If we'll commit, right, anything that we achieve in life that's going to produce life in us requires making a choice for it over me. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yes. And I think all three of these things, 
participation in a local church, listen, it's not meant to be entertaining. We're not there to make spectators. We're there to make participants. You have to be willing to engage, right? Um, When we really do life with people, it's not about just watching from the outside. Um, In fact, uh, you know, James, right? Confess your sins to one another Mm -hmm. so that you can be, the world there isn't, like, think about what healing is so that you can become whole. Yeah. Mm. Your your lives are starting to be reintegrated. Yeah. And so, and then daily meeting with Jesus. I'll tell you, nobody loves you more than the one who died for you and given his spirit to start to, the process, theological, um, uh, I was just gonna say a theological term and it just left me. Please, audience, whatever you can do not to turn 55, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Um, sanctification. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's, there's that, there's that, process of the lord yeah sanctification regeneration he's making something new in you the Mm -hmm. real you that's been hidden under all this gunk under all of Mm -hmm. our insecurities under all of our life experiences that's why cr so important is that now we're starting to clear that out and give room for things to be able to to grow that are life-giving because now we're there's some integrity there's some strength there's some wholeness in our life You, you know we actually have a question I don't remember what lessons in that that we talk about integrity in this the step study lessons, and I think that that le- the level of integrity that we're trying to get to is 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 super next level where you're you're the same person no matter what the context is. Uh, I know for me personally, like I'm very comfortable being in recovery and being a recovery guy when I'm around people that I feel super safe with and trust, less so. I mean, obviously, here I am doing this. I feel somewhat anonymous on this, even though it's not totally. But but like when I'm at work, I'm not going around talking about, you know, how much time I spend on recovery work. I don't even spend a lot of time boasting about being a Christian at work. I work in a secular office. Uh, But I think that if I... I, I need to be more comfortable revealing my faith in Jesus. I, I, no I just think what. it's about the again, it's about the integration, right? There comes a point in recovery. Once you're in recovery, the first step is realizing you need to be in it, right? Yeah. Is, yeah. That, is that true? Right? Yes. <laughs> and then you realize that this is not something I'm done with in six weeks. Absolutely. This is this is the rest of my life. I'm so grateful that finally some of us have come to the place and be like, yeah, this is the life journey. This is the transformation. I don't like, again, I don't like the fact that these terms come so loaded because it reinforces the shame to, mm-hmm. to um, you know, the only part I'm uncomfortable with uh, in our meetings is how we introduce ourselves. Yeah. Because the first thing, you know, we acknowledge our fault we yeah. do acknowledge that god has done a a work in there yeah but listen you already know you already know uh, uh and i do understand the 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 process but man when when recovery works best when it's integrated into our life mm-hmm. uh uh christ works best when it's integrated into our life and i don't think we need to wear a label that says you know, look at my CR shirt. Yeah. Uh, look what team I'm on. Yeah. Um. And uh. And look at my look at my 
uh, Christian life. You know, I, let me tell you what I got in my devotions today. <laughs> you don't do that with everybody, right. but there's got to be somebody. Let yeah. me give you somebody. Yeah. Let me give you somebody. Is that they? They were told, okay, you need to you need to go to this meeting. They 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 go to the to the meeting they look around they say i'm not one of these people they soon discover that they really are one of these people they hear someone share a story that's very similar to theirs they they by example through relationship through the power of christ they're being delivered from these various habits that have been really destructive in their lives and what pj saying is um that integration you know that's the the, the process that happens once Christ starts to break these change, uh, these chains, that there there needs to be a a, a consistency of uh, of integration. Yes. Um, because okay, if I had just if I had quit going to these groups after after I got sober from alcohol, after I stopped watching porn and going to strip clubs, you know, after I started to break the chains of narcissism and X, Y, and Z, after you know breaking the chains of overeating. Um, and just consider it, okay, I'm healed, that's it, let me go home. No, that's when the work begins. That's when all the that's when all the real spiritual spiritual issues can start to come up and can be addressed in in uh, you know in relationship, right? Oh man, I the one of the words I use is you know that how Jesus starts to break these these chains, the the, the redemption, the process, shackles, right? right? But I whenever I think about the hold that my own addiction issues have in my life. You've got, you all have heard the story about the elephant and the chain, Mm -hmm. right? That, um, you know, there's this huge, massive elephant that's held in place with a very small, like a chain that doesn't seem would, would work. Uh, And it's just attached to a stake that's driven into a ground at the circus. You're wondering how this happens, right? Yeah. And it's because when the elephant was little, they couldn't even move because the weight of the of the chain, yeah. right? And and just as it continues to grow, it remembers its first programming. Mm. And what we have to remember is that the chains and bondages in our life, we're already free from. Mm. What we're not free from is the programming yeah. that continues to be reinforced in our life over and over and over and over. Um, we know how the how the brain works. The problem with addiction is because the release of serotonin that's produced from so much of this, those are the strongest chemicals that dictate all of the pleasure in our life. So when we get into these habits of, of medicating, it's very difficult to ever even consider ourselves that these are free until we start to actually understand that God's not just trying to repair us. He is renewing us. And there's even like a physical, you mentioned earlier about some neurotheology, this kind of new field that takes neurology um, and psychology and blends it together in this idea of how what we think and what we meditate on, how it reshapes us. Well, you can actually see how what you focus on uh, determines not just your emotional well-being, but that all of us have to break these patterns. That's why, mm-hmm. if I can say in the book of Romans uh, 12, 2, one of my favorite verses is, 
you know, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our, by the renewing of your mind that you can prove um, what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And again, perfect isn't like perfect as in a 10. Perfect means complete, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Finished, yeah. a whole, right? And so um, like the world in this, like I'm a, I'm a pastor's kid who still had, you know, my own issues, you know, growing up, not because of my folks, just I like me too Because much, of the world. Right, yeah. yeah. But the world is not like I grew up, right? Sex, drugs, rock and roll. You know, I don't smoke and I don't chew and I don't go with girls that do and <laughs> you can't go roller skating or you couldn't do, right? All yeah. these rules, yeah. right? I Man, I've been, I've been dealing with people for professionally as for 32 years now, right? The world is not, um, is not the things that are outside of you. The world that I think mm. that the scripture is talking about is the world that's inside of yeah. you. I always say it this way. It's the world that explains you to you, which you use to justify your own story and our own choices and our own behaviors that are so embedded into our um emotional code that it's hard to break those cycles. And the only way to break it is by confronting some of those things in your own life and see where the disconnects are, right? So that we could start to rebuild some integrity, some strength, some wholeness in our life. And there's a process of transformation that has to happen if we're going to become renewed. We need to double click on becoming renewed, but also double click on the world because you just blew my mind with this new framework of the world that the Bible's talking about. Because I like I just imagine Satan on his dark throne kind of making the rules of the world on this planet and all, and you know, all of uh materialism, individualism and um you know, sin. hedonism, yeah. all, right? All the fun yeah. stuff. Bro, the Lord of sin, right? You, you yeah. and I, but now you're describing an internal war as well. How, how many, how many, like, I do a lot of work with men, right? And uh, that's, again, one of my passions is see guys serving and leading. And But how many guys are still, they're so dedicated to their work because they don't want to admit it, but they're still trying to prove something to death. Yeah, totally. That right. I'm, that I'm more, like that's a stereotype, right? <clears throat> yeah. Um, a, a woman who's faced a lot of rejection and verbal abuse uh, in her life, especially if it's come from her, from her mom. She's looking for security and affirmation in whatever way is to those echoes of those voices in their life. Those are the worlds that we conform to mm-hmm. right those are the worlds that drive our our behavior and that lead us into these places where, that uh, of unhealthy medication and escape and and again like you don't have to be a a, a, a drunk or a druggy to to medicate the fact that i'm still trying to prove my success, like men are the worst, right? Look at my rims, right? right? We're going to see who, you know, we're yeah. looking for anywhere to be affirmed so that it will drown out the noise 
of that talk that we have that's so been embedded into our loop. Yeah. And and again, that's why the addiction emphasis cycle is emphasis so hard. on affirm because can you talk about the power of affirmation like what that what does that mean? Well, if so is there gender, a spiritual gender, component to that? Uh, <laughs> with with uh, without a doubt, right? Cuz we want this recognition and we're going to go get it in these unhealthy ways. What is healthy recognition? Well, well let's let's go back to the way that we're created, right? We one of the problems with with humankind is the fact that there's two systems that are at work. I call it the system of me or the system of we. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of this world is actually what the what the, one of the ways that the scripture the talks kingdom about of it. me mm-hmm. um, yeah right and and um, me means that I'm first right but let me tell you about the destructive way and it happens that we see at the at the fall okay um, first thing when Eve is confronted you know or when Adam's confronted what does what's the first thing he does. He blames. He blames, blames God and he makes excuses. <laughs> that woman right? you this, gave right? no accountability. You just, you right. just make. I, I don't even like the fact of accountability. Um, the the knowledge of good and evil and this kind of thing, like they didn't know. This is this is where self consciousness enters humankind. Now, self awareness was present. They knew that they were other than God, but they didn't know of an existence where those things were disintegrated, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The relationships broke, so what else is broke? The sense of, of of someone's value or someone's worth. Because now I'm working from a point of shame that says the only way that I have value is by how I perform or how I produce. Got it. Kingdom of me is perform for love. Kingdom of us kingdom of god you're valued enough that jesus christ gave his life for you yeah right and there should be inherently a sense of value and worth that has been bestowed upon mankind and me personally uh, having responded to the love of god but i still think that how many of us think like here's one of the problems with addiction right the minute that i fall and i go back to those old patterns do I hear that I'm valued and that I'm loved or that I'm embarrassment and God must hate me for doing this again? Mm-hmm. That's what I deal with. Mostly right? the latter, right? <laughs> right? When I'm, when I'm having to chug a Tums at night from not being able to sleep all night from, from seriously, I mean, the only acceptable thing, like, I don't know why uh, uh, gluttony is the acceptable thing, uh, acceptable <laughs> tool in the church. But obviously you can look at me and, you know, know that I probably have some things that I could adjust in my life. Um, we, we, I don't hear, um, well done, right? Mm-hmm. You got, be, before Jesus even did anything yeah. in his life, before he even did anything, when he submitted to baptism, mm-hmm. The sign of like, this is my new life. Mm. What were the words that he heard? He hadn't even done anything. This, this is, is my, my son. beloved yeah. son. In what? In who I'm extremely disappointed with because he's <laughs> never met his potential and he never cleans his room. He'll never make enough money. Yeah. He always screws up all that. No. Yeah. 
in whom I'm well pleased. Wow. And we don't understand the fact of God's favor and his pleasure at work in our life and why we listen to the voice. You know, the word devil and Satan just means accuser. It's Hebrew. It's Hebrew and Greek for accuser or the liar. He's actually called the father of lies. How many of us hear and respond to that voice more often than not? Oh, man. Because... It's so loud. It's so affirming because the world system, and forgive me, a lot of times the church can be that way. Mm. Why do so many of us not like church? Because somebody else there is telling us what to do and judging us. Right. Man, there was so much to unpack there. I want to go back to the garden for a second because coincidentally or not, um, Genesis 3 was in my morning quiet time and... The the Satan he, when he told he told Eve when he was trying to persuade her to, to eat the fruit, he said, God knows that your eyes will be opened. So and then he goes on to lie to her, saying uh, um that you will be like God, knowing knowing both good and evil, right? But in his hmm. in his sales pitch, there's deception, but there's also a, a little sliver of truth, right? Because li- their eyes were opened, literally. After they ate the fruit, so he, I, I don't think so. Well, yeah, he, I, I, I mean, their their he, eyes were open and so they felt shame. Here's what the enemy does, though, right? He comes up with something to make us second guess what we already exactly. know, right? Yeah. So Eve didn't know that her eyes weren't open. No, right, right, because she right. could already see. Yeah. And then what does he go on to do? Right, that you'll be, you know, like God, like God. Well, here's what's so crazy about the this. The doubt was instilled. There was no reason for the doubt. There's no reason for the doubt because in whose image has she right. been made? Right. In she God. only knows two other people. <laughs> she only knows two other beings that yeah. she can engage with. Yeah, her husband and God. Her husband and God. She knows that she's different than, but she doesn't know that she's other than. Yeah. But, and but, the enemy brings into this accusation, oh, you're not what you think you yeah. are. But, but my point is, like, there there was an element of truth in his spiel that makes it easy to bite on. So, and, and that can happen There's to believability. Us. Exactly. I, yeah, I like that. And, and, and that's what happens with us, I think. It seems real. It's like, yeah, I've been hearing this my whole life. I'm, I'm... You know, I'm not worthy, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not yes. smart enough, and so, uh, and sometimes some of those things are there's a sliver of truth to them, but I can overcome them. There, there are these like the elephant, this limiting belief that's got me trapped, oh, and all I need huge. to do is reframe it and say, wait a minute, I'm strong enough to break this chain, uh, but I don't recognize it because I bought the lie. Oh, all all day long, right? That's why. Mm-hmm. That's why. Um, like, this sounds funny, but if we go back to Romans 12, too, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but, like, God's will is not hidden from us. Mm-hmm. Right? He wants us to know. And he says that there's a way you can look at the things that are happening in your life. And and now I even hate saying this because it sounds so cliche. Uh, and it sounds very, like, preachery. Uh, because to, let's be direct, I have a hard time with this in my own life. But the promise exists in the scripture from the apostle Paul who still couldn't like 
see the future or whatever, right? That there's this revelation process um, of of what God is doing in our in our lives, and He says that you can even put things to the test, hold it up to the light to see if it if it's God's will or not. And the way to do that is we have to reprogram reprogram our mind. I mean, there's so much, if we go back into it, um, I'm sure we don't have time to talk about it today. Uh, maybe I'll be uh, blessed to get to be invited back and hang out with you guys to talk about this because this that. idea of like renewing your mind, science actually tells us that it's possible. Uh, maybe like basically some, rewiring our exactly neuroplasticity, right. neuroplasticity yeah. right? We understand about how important this kind of stuff is. You can create new neural pathways um, and you can kill off unhealthy ones, but it takes an intentional, and, and we'll have to come back to this one day, like what's, what's our plan to create healthy patterns of thinking, of behavior, of believing, right? Because our behavior comes from our beliefs, mm-hmm. right? So how do we create these new things and choke or starve the other things, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we talked about this before. I mean, uh, since this is a safe place to be authentic, like I don't feel like any success in my life. You know, I'm 55 years old. I'm one to cheerlead people on and, you know, see. And all that happens is it feels like if there's one thing I'm really good at in life is helping churches get smaller. <laughs> I don't know how many people have that gift. Uh, it seems to be evident in my in my life, um, and uh, um, and those are things that the enemy wants to use against me because I don't see the bigger picture yeah. fulfillment yet. So all I have to hold on to is a promise that this is what God has asked me to do. I'm being faithful to do everything he's asked me to do and I have to trust him part of the plan. with yeah. with this own with this own process. Well, and and we're use we use the wrong measuring stick all Bro, the time. All day long. You know, we have a tradition on here, we forgot to tell you about this. We do an open share at the end and Good. and I thought that what we could do because you were talking about, you know, chasing this validation from our dads, our earthly fathers, uh, we literally just had this question the other night, um, comparing our heavenly father and our earthly father. And I, I thought that would be a good open share to do sure. really quick. Sound good, Chris? Yeah. Take us, take us away, John. Okay. Hey, you guys, my name is John. I'm a follower of Jesus in recovery for sex addiction. I struggle with lust. John. Hey, you guys. Hey, John. Oh man. You know, the, this seeking affirmation from, I want affirmation from both my heavenly father and my earthly father. And the thing is from my heavenly father, I can get it whenever I want. I, I just need to tap into it from my earthly father. It's more elusive and, and, and it's eluded me for, for my whole life. And maybe it's time for me to just say, you know what, that's not coming and be okay with that because that's not who my dad is or he doesn't have the tools to do that or and and really at the end i need to say to myself like i don't need that because i have been made in god's image and he loves me and he's got a plan and a mission for me and if i focus on that then i can have a a a relationship with my dad without needing something from my my dad yeah thanks guys i'm john john 
Hey guys, my name's Chris, Grateful Believer in Jesus in Recovery for Alcoholism, Sex and Porn, Codependency, Food, etc. Hey Chris. Hey Chris. Um, <clears throat> just based on this conversation, like I want to answer that question that I answered Monday night very differently today. And I just, I don't know why this feels right, but I'm noticing the differences between my Heavenly Father and my Earthly Father start to evaporate like and i'm i'm starting to see how it all is one rhythm mm. um and um all of that pain that i that i've associated with him has been my heavenly father working in my heart and my character therefore are they is there any real difference here and maybe that's not theologically sound but i don't know i feel like i'm getting to a a place of gratitude here versus mm. the the same resentment that I've had. Yes. So thanks guys. Awesome. 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 My name is Jeff Believer in Jesus Christ dealing with uh, food and depression and porn and my addiction to me. <laughs> Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Um, uh, you know, it's a pertinent question because um, although I'm not an active participant on our Monday nights, uh, just recently I stopped in because I needed a safe place to be able to uh, to chat, I actually did just lose my dad um, six weeks ago, and uh, our I, I've been very blessed because uh, my dad was uh, a, a great uh, a great uh, helper in my in my life and encourager, and um, and I've worked hard at trying to be a good uh, a good dad, and while I feel relatively healthy uh in relationship to his home going and our relationship what has really stirred up uh with me and i think with my recent uh birthday and invitation into the aarp uh, <laughs> i am uh facing a bit of a identity crisis as as well mm -hmm. um on whether or not my life has had meaning or influence or success um and uh especially um as a young man i i experienced a lot of success and recognition and the older that i i usually thought it was supposed to go the other way right and mine has been this downhill climb um but i'm really trying to embrace a new thinking that just says you know he must increase like john the baptist said and i must i must decrease and uh, without the um, kind of ongoing cheerleading that I've experienced my whole life from from my dad, uh, there's a, a an invitation to find a new way of affirmation, as you guys mentioned, a new way to evaluate um, the um, the journey of my of my life, other than the statistics that normally get thrown out as far mm -hmm. as bank accounts and numbers and things like this. And I'm grateful that I've learned to be able to live a life where you can share these kind of things with people. Um, and it, uh, it, it brings us again into that place of uh, wholeness and uh, integration that I think that God is uh, wanting to do to see his, his nature and his character continue to be more revealed in us. Thanks, Jeff. Would you pray Come for on. us to close this out today? Please. I will. 
dear Heavenly Father, we do come to you grateful. Just like Christopher said, it, there is a freedom that comes from understanding that the primary function of God is not judgment and condemnation. Um, I love the fact that the psalmist describes uh, describes a kingdom as being where where mercy and justice kiss. Mm. And Lord, in our lives, um, we we suffer from far too much judgment in our own life, self condemnation. We're grateful for the scripture that reminds us that even when we condemn ourselves, God is greater than our heart. Help us to start to align our our thoughts our belief, our behavior within that freeing promise. Um, and uh, in so, um, come to a greater realization of how proud you are of us, the favor that you bestowed upon us, and how much you love us. We're grateful for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.